0: Yo, 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 yo.
1: Happy Midsummer Day. Happy
0: what is midsummer that? Midsummer Day. It's midsummer and it's a day. Okay.
1: If you're new to Minnesota, you need to be reminded that summer is a special time. Winter is around the corner.
0: How about a summer joke, though? Sure. Okay. What do snowmen do in summer? What? Chill out.
1: Okay, then. There it is. All right, but for real. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for chilling with us at Echo today.
0: Did you know that Echo could be your place, your people, and your purpose all in one space? It's beautiful.
1: Oh, sorry. Go I ahead. Go okay, ahead. so just I, I just—I can't help myself. <laughs> Do us a favor. Let us know where you're watching from. Comment below. Press the like button.
0: We at encourage. Oh yeah, Yeah. press it a couple times. We encourage you to take your first steps into this life-giving local church and find the community and the support that you've been hoping for. Stop by at Mayo High School for one of our services at 9.30 and 11 a.m. on Sundays. We would love to meet you.
1: We also want to say thank you for your obedience to God's Word in the form of giving back to God through the giving of your tithe, which if you don't know, is 10% of your income as worship to God. If you are looking to give, head to our website or text any amount to 84321.
0: Enjoy the rest of our online Sunday service.
1: Yes.
2: your power. God, show us the people we are called to serve, we are called to love. God, let us be a light. May us not be set apart so much that we are not doing life together. God, and I just pray for every single person in this room for you to unlock their potential, for you to unlock their dreams today. God, I pray for the flame to be put into the fire, God, dreams that have been dead or dormant, God, or dreams that we didn't even know were there. And I just pray right now that if we need to set a flame on things of the past, maybe it's hurt and pain and things that we are carrying, God, I pray that you will just torch it and light it up, God. And I pray right now for the people in this room that need a spark of your holy power, God. Right now, I just pray, Holy Spirit, that you will flood this place. We know you are here, but I pray that every single person can sense your peace. In the power that comes when we give over the things that we are carrying, God. And I just pray right now for dreams to be birthed in this place, dreams of loving people, reaching people. God, I pray right now for the city of Rochester and all the towns surrounding in southeastern Minnesota, God, that you will light us up, God, that we can be a city on a hill, that we can be a city in darkness, God. And I just pray right now for purpose, eternal purpose, God. I pray for every single person here that you will show them that they have a gift that the person next to them may not have, God. And I just pray for all of our ministries, our purpose, the relationships that we have, God. Use us, revive us, heal us. God, we hear you. We hear your voice. We receive it. And today is about us going out with the good news, Jesus. In your name, amen.
3: We are in the series Rude Jude, and uh, this summer has been a blast for me at least because we've been interrupting a few of these Rude Jude statements or uh, messages with some friends, some of our favorite friends that Christine and I have. We, I realized last week when we had Emma is we, Christy and I come in contact with some of the coolest people in the world, church planners. And uh, I walked away from yesterday's service going like, we've got to have our friends in more. And so I hope you don't mind that. Uh, would you appreciate to meet some more church planters? It's just people of faith. They're jumping out of the boat, and they're like, we're all in God. And uh, it's always fun to hear from, from them, and I'm excited about that. And then I also wanted to say thank you for allowing me to, to sit in a service and just appreciate and let the Lord do something in me. And it's just, uh, it's always just so uh, so awesome. I, we had, after last week, I had a, a visitor, really, uh, had visited uh, three times in the last few months, and he said to me, he goes, Andy, do you ever preach? Because uh, every time he came, I wasn't preaching. So I said, yes, I preached a lot, okay? So, so lay off me, pal. No, I'm kidding. I didn't say that, but I've really, truly enjoyed the last few uh, months. And uh, so we're in the Rude Jude um, series, and uh, I, the one little portion of Jude that I want to lean into today says this, Jude 121, it says, keep yourself in the love of God. Let me just re that just also slightly. Stay, Stay in the love of God. The way Jude writes this, or as he states it, as it is penned on some type of paper, it makes me be- to it makes me to believe that there's actually a way for you to fall out of the love of God. Which for some of you it might mess a little bit with uh, your theology a little bit today with that. But but uh, um, you know, speaking of falling, you know, can we hear it for Ben the beautiful with his nice mustache? He's delivering. <laughs> I have, thank you, Ben. We kind of are twins right now, too. I mean, look at these two looking good, good looking men right here. That upper lip is insulated. Um, I have a goal, and that is to become a surfer. Uh, It has not gone well. Uh, You know, a man can dream. Just let let me dream, let me dream. Uh, A couple years back, uh, we were were in Florida near St. Augustine, and uh, I found this uh, used board at a at kind of a, a surf shop, and I was like, yeah, I'm going to buy it, because every day there's, a, there's something I'm going to, uh, you know, there's a wave I'm going to try to get on it. And and uh, this one particular moment, I was sitting there uh, with a friend in this kind of stormy weather where it was just these crazy big waves, and they were wind tattered, and they were very frequent. So What was I doing out there? I just was this straight-up rag doll in the middle of the ocean. And I was tumbling over and over, getting, getting uh, all the exercise I needed for the week. And, uh, and I remember I came in and my nose was all plugged and the sinuses were full and I came out completely clear as day. It was amazing. But one particular moment was, I was trying to get on this wave and I mean, I don't know what I'm doing. I, not, even, not even close to understanding how to catch this wave and it was so big, so difficult, so steep. And I remember it threw me over And for this particular time, the the board shot at me and it just sliced me open. And I realized at that point my surfing was up for the day because I didn't want to hang with the sharks. And and what I learned that day is, man, the ocean is a serious place. Has anybody ever tried to, to, to surf? Anybody ever tried to bodyboard or anybody ever getting, got, oh yeah, we got one person over there. So, um, but, but I learned that day to stay in the wave and to, to catch the wave proved to be harder than I imagined and hoped for. And, and some of you are like, Andy, what's your point with sharing your, your maybe midlife crisis goals with us today? Well, I would say this in light of god 's love, I think many of us treat god 's love like I treated the ocean that day. I think a lot of times we we treat the complexity of god 's love as something super simple and easy and what i 've learned in my life and again i 'm not that old yet, but uh, you know, i 'm climbing up there uh, i 've learned this is that god 's love isn 't just as simple as one at one point that I believed it, it was. And, and, and if you don't mind, if I can just lay down the rude Jude statement of the day, it would be this. Many of us have an infantile understanding of God's infinite love for us. I think that's so good. And I, I, I gotta say it again. And I want you to write that down. I want that to, to, to really permeate your thought process through the week and, and understand that God is calling us to grow in our understanding of God's love. Many of us have an infantile understanding of God's infinite love. Love, which, by the way, we uh, typically allow culture and its ideals to define. It's just so easy to to just fall into place and and just uh, take someone else's word for what God's love is and and who God is for that for that uh, and for that sake. Um, see, I, I think we all want to surf the great wave of God's love, but instead we feel. Some, at, some time, sometimes, like dirty clothes stuck in a tumble cycle, of a life-size washer not understanding what's going on. And I, I know that that's kind of a, a, a strange image, but, but, but I do think that that's how life is, is, is we have this experience with Jesus, we, we have that initial maybe rush and understanding of God's love, but then somewhere down the line, our life is turned upside down and we find ourselves tumbling in that life-size washer machine. See, I think we love God's, we love the idea of God's love but many of us don't truly understand it fully and we don't make the effort to understand it because God's love yes is simple but yet it is complex and that is the confusing portion of God it's just simply true that God and his ways are higher than ours so I want to pose a question: What was Jude's audience doing to warrant such a reminder to stay or to keep in God's love? To Jude wanted to remind his audience that there was a way to fall out of love, the encompassing love. Of God, and this is what we find out they were doing, and this is the reason why he was reminding of it. In Jude one twelve, uh, leading up to it, he's saying a number of really rude statements and getting straight to the point. He says something like this: "Woe to them!" And then he gets to Jude one twelve and he says, "You filthy spots! <laughs> How nice of you to call me a filthy spot at your festival gatherings, meant to foster love." These filthy spots are eating meals without any kind of reverence, without any kind of fear, while caring only for themselves. Other versions say something like this shepherds who feed only themselves. In essence, says, You filthy spots. You little mark on this little festival that's supposed to be resonating about my love and and what kind of love I want on this earth, but you yourself, you're sitting there as leaders only caring for yourself. I mean, really, this is a snapshot of your children. (laughs) Okay, it's not that funny, I guess. (laughs) Well, your children are sitting next to you, so you can't laugh. Okay, I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. But or it's like this. If you don't like that example, uh, um, it's uh, Christy and I. We we had we, we usually we like to host people, and uh, an easy meal at our house is tacos, and, and there are two types of taco eaters out here, and I know who you are. There's are some of you that you 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 load your your taco up like normal people, with the normal portions of meat. Okay, and you put just a little bit of meat you know within your tortilla, okay, uh, joking, okay, um, Some of you like man, that that guy's strange. Um, and you, you fill that, up and you put all the other toppings in there and, and you save some meat for everybody else, but then there's others of you, and again, I know some of uh, you in the room, you come in and it is triple meat, <laughs> triple meat. Now uh, come on, this us this. Confession is good for your soul. Who is that person in this room? I am not inviting Emma over anytime soon. This one particular time, we invited a friend over, and uh, I didn't know he was the triple meat guy. I should have known. I didn't know. And uh, I remember I went and grabbed, like, you know, my portion, which was just two little dinky, nice little tacos, you know. And uh, my kids came after me, and, and we, obviously our guests went, and my wife was last, and I sat down. And by the time she sat down, I think I was done or whatever. And uh, so I was going to go get, like, just a little bit more. And I went to the pan, and it was empty. <laughs> And I looked at Christy, I whispered, I was like, Christy, did you eat all that? Did you not see what I had in mind? I mean, really what Jude is trying to present here is individuals who are selfish and uncaring for people and they're forgetting about why they're participating in this festival in the first place. And I know it's kind of funny to, to mess with this idea of someone eating too much meat at your taco party. Or, um, but, uh, uh, you know, again, at least if, you, if, if I invite you over to have tacos, just tell me your triple meat and I'll make more for you, okay? <laughs> okay, okay. I won't challenge you on your portion control, but that's another sermon next week. But uh, no, I'm kidding. Uh, how about this for a, a ridiculous uh, illustration, an idea maybe of Jude was trying to get across to his audience that would resonate with us today, because this is kind of what they were doing, the leaders were doing in the context of which he was challenging them. It would be like if we went and rang bells for Christmas, uh, you know, at the, P, uh, at the uh, TJ Maxx Plaza and we sang a little bit, and and we said hi to everybody, and we rang the bells, and and then when everybody, your shift was done, right in front of everybody, you you went and got your sawzall, and you cut the top of that off, and you took the money, put it in your pocket, and then you went and ate Chipotle in front of everybody. That's what these people were doing. Different context, different situation, right? Not quite the same. But this is the type of people they were doing. This is the kind of action and lifestyle that these people were interacting as leaders within the church. And what Peter's trying to, or not Peter, what, what Jude is trying to challenge us today with is this, is just don't be that guy, Don't be that lady like God is calling us to to be considerate of those around us in light of God's love. Jude calls these people spots. That Greek word for spots is actually spilos in Greek. And if you were to go into the etymology, into the, into the, the original meanings and, and the deeper meanings and understand what he's actually trying to say, and this is going back to our surfing references, actually, he, he says, you know what, you're a bunch of reefs. You're a bunch of rocks underneath a surface that no one can see. That you're actually shipwreckers. And you look okay on the outside, but on the uh, and your inside motives and, and, and some of your drives, you are shipwrecking certain individuals. You're, you are men and women who are wrecking others. I, I find it fascinating that he's using that type of word, making reference to a reef. Uh, and, 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 you know, I, again, I have goals to become a surfer. Maybe one day I will that doesn't require a big boat and a big wake uh, you know on a, on a lake um, what I find fascinating is is when I, when I look at a, a wave I, I don't really know what make why and how it shapes and how it is I just I can just tell when when a good wave is a good wave. And I may not be able to ride it, but I might just be able to appreciate it. And I've watched some, some surf videos, and, and I've, I've, I've done some research on, on how to catch a wake. And I've done uh, you know, some research in, in finding the best wakes or waves out there. And one thing that uh, I Googled recently was where is the most dangerous beaches Uh, in the world, and the first thing that came up was Venice Beach, but it wasn't because of the wave, it was because of the crime, so you might not want to go there, Uh, but if you're actually going to try to surf and just enjoy the waves, uh, there is a place in Hawaii known as Pipeline, what I found absolutely fascinating about my research is Pipeline and and, and why it is so amazing is because the wave breaks at a very shallow spot in the beach. But what's most dangerous about this space, in fact, it has taken over seven lives or about seven lives since 1980s, uh, in the 1980s at least, that's what they've recorded, um, because underneath that amazing wave is a bunch of reefs. It's a bunch of rocks, and it's under very shallow, shallow uh, spaces of the wave. And in fact, I just uh, thought I'd show you that amazing wake. And, and again, like, I'd be stupid enough to actually try that. No, um, I'll probably wouldn't. My wife wouldn't let me out there. but. Um, But how beautiful is that sight? But what we don't see in the issue of not understanding God's love is illustrated in this next picture and that's what is underneath that surface. These are the type of people that, that Jude is trying to address. People who look so good on the outside but yet on the inside or in the surface underneath, they are just primed to Wreck others. Here's my point. Many of us believe that we can handle life. We can handle pipeline called, you know, like in metaphorically speaking, called life. But really what we should be doing is just swimming in the wave pool at the Wisconsin Dells. You know, and, and it wouldn't hurt us to kind of slow down and understand that maybe God is wanting to help reveal his love in a whole new dimension and understanding as we continue and stay within that love. Which just ultimately means this, stay in relationship with God. Yes, God's love is great. But also, I want to remind you that it is something to be revered. It's, it's meant to be respected. And, and as I've said this over and over, I'm going to beat this uh, you know, like hard today. Is But God wants us to understand it more. He doesn't want us just to sense it. He wants us to understand it for ourself. Let me make this statement. Jesus, or, and God loves everyone, but God also has maintained and he's preserved his work for us to understand that love today. Let me make this very clear. Catching God's love is easy. Catching God's love is free. I mean, really, there are no expectations, but staying in God's love will take work. That's what I'm spraying out to you today. That's what I'm saying is this, is, is coming alongside Jude and just simply admonishing you and, and, and reminding you today, that was a big word, admonish, uh, is to remind you is this, is keep in God's love. It's going to take some work. It's going to take a little bit of a grind. It's going to take a little paddling. And God wants us to get to that sweet spot in our life. So what I like uh, about doing with scripture is, is we're, we're reading more or less theology that's being presented by Jude. And, and, and a good practice when you're reading the epistles or the letters is to lean back and say, well, what does Jesus say about love? So, so Jude is trying to explain it. He's trying to remind him. But what did Jesus actually speak about in the first place about love when he was on earth? In John 14, uh, chapter, or verse 15 uh, chapter 14, verse 15, uh, contextually what Jesus is, is talking about is he's talking about a father and son relationship and how it reflects to our heavenly relationship also with our relationship with others. And he, he makes mention to this relationship to the father and son that if it's a good relationship, the son will ask anything in his name and the father will give it. And then eventually in John fourteen fifteen, it says this, if you love me, this is what Jesus is teaching. If you love me, you will keep my commands. And that's actually where I think Jude got this idea. Is I love you. God was displaying his love for us, for his disciples, for his followers, for humanity. But but, but Jesus is saying, but if you understand that love, if you truly grasp that love, you will want to stay within it by keeping my commands. Uh, and, 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 And Jesus follows up with this teaching And he says something like this In verse 21 of chapter 14 Whoever has my commands and keeps them Is the one who loves me And the one who loves me Will be loved by my father It's reciprocal And I will love him And I And this is the key thing I want you to hear And I will reveal myself to him He's saying this Understand this, to, to stay within my love is to stay within my commands. And if you stay within my commands, I will stay with you. And if you stay with me relationally, then guess what will happen? I will continue to reveal and help you understand my love even more. So I must ask this question. Have you figured out the balance between love love? And law. Have you figured out what it means to be a believer and what it means to be a disciple to balance Jesus' love and staying and living within his commands? If you've been around at Echo uh, anytime, or for any time you understand this, I love talking about the spectrum between the sinner and the saint. I love breaking out just different words to understand that there are different complexities to our relationship with with God and our complexities of relationship with others. And and specifically today, what I want to ask you is this, is when is the last time you took an assessment of your balancing of love and law? So let me ask that. If there is a far end of God's love over here, and that's just all encompassing the easy receiving and, and and the grace-giving aspect of God's love. If if you know there's the spectrum over here, but then on the other spectrum, I've seen this and in, in a very unhealthy way, as I see unhealth on that way at some point, is this is being on the spectrum of law and command. I just sense that God wants us to help us catch the way of understanding his love for a lifetime. I believe the dangerous aspects of of Christian living is when we find ourselves in the extremities of love, maybe culturally defined, or on this other side of law, which would be religiously defined and let me ask you a few questions and I actually think they're pretty good questions that you should probably write down text yourself and, and consider this week but if we were gonna go ahead and look at the spectrum which by the way Christy I didn't even notice this but after service she came over and said you know what did you see the brand of the surfboard so what we're truly speaking about is the spectrum of love and love isn't that cool how the Holy Spirit works guys Holy Spirit have your way yeah Here's a question, if we're taking an assessment about how, where are we in the balance, are we catching the wave of God's love, is this, the first question, is my understanding of God's love serving me first? Is my understanding of God's love serving me first? If we have an, under, we have an unhealthy understanding of God's love, and we serve ourselves. We kind of live in that. Doesn't matter what I do. Doesn't matter what I say. Doesn't matter who I hang out with. Doesn't matter uh, what my thoughts are. Doesn't matter what I intake. It's whatever. The love of God is vast. If we're on this side, the question for you is this: Is, with your understanding of God's love, and in your life, are you serving yourself last? Did you hear that? And I think there's some unhealth in both ways. Is my understanding of God's love serving me first or is my understanding of God's love serving me last? I mean, you you know, know, I'm never speaking about anybody in the room, but you know your neighbor who is religious. Who's cut and dry, and, and I just sense the Lord is wanting us to find that balance between love and law, and maybe that would help you understand where you're at. How about this question? Are these questions? Is my understanding of God's love giving me permission or an excuse to sin or to live the way I want or the way I feel? Or is my understanding of God's love? Giving me a platform over others? Is my understanding of God's love giving me an excuse to position myself over others? There's unhealth in both. Last question Is my understanding of God's love growing? with firsthand knowledge and experience or is it something like I kind of understand because someone told me about it? Jude, if he was here today, would just lean in at this moment and remind us, stay in the balance of God's love. Not as an idea, but as absolute truth. If Jesus was to teach us a little bit more about love, he would would say this, and we see this in Matthew 22, verse 36. A young man came to Jesus and said, teacher, teach us what the greatest commandment in the law is. And Jesus replied with this, love the Lord your God with all of your heart and all of your soul and all of your mind, for this is the greatest commandment. And the second is this, and it's equal. Love your neighbor as yourself. For the law and the prophet hang on these two commands. I don't have time to unpack the over 600 and some laws that are sitting in the Old Testament. But I can tell you what Jesus said. Is the beginning of the journey is to understand that God's love is infinite. And he will meet you at your infantile state. But he desires to walk through life to help you understand firsthand his loving embrace. Can I hear an amen? And how many are glad today that God has not given up on you? Because you don't quite understand it yet. I mean, when I'm speaking, I'm speaking and spraying it to myself. I'm saying it today, God, would you begin to reveal your love to a deeper understanding that, that not just a concept that I've heard about, but I've experienced by your loving embrace, understanding your grace, understanding your mercy, but also diving into your word, allowing your, your, your God-given breath to lead me through life to balance and find the correct space within the spectrum of your love and your law, Jesus Christ. Just for focal reasons, can we respond? Can we move past just this space of internalizing knowledge Can we move past that and can we just invite the Holy Spirit to do his work that he wants to do in us today? And as I was preparing and as I was thinking about this message, I was specifically thinking about you and, and I was thinking about how, uh, how God wants to come in here and just simply give you an, an embrace. I remember when I gave my life to Christ. I remember when I called out to him all night long asking God to, to save me, like legitimately save me from a circumstance I remember waking up in the morning feeling saved, feeling feeling redeemed from some decisions and some behaviors and some actions I had taken over a weekend. And, and I told God, I said, God, if you get me out of this, I'll live my life for you. And I remember feeling in the morning like God's true love, like his love embrace, his forgiveness and his acceptance to me as, as his son. And, and, and for the longest time, I, I went to Sunday school. I grew up in a church hearing about God's love. And, and those things like were, were real to me But yet they were just so shallow in some way. And I didn't really know I was in a shallow space until one time I was seeking the Lord and He made it very clear. He simply whispered this to me He said, Andy, I want you to understand how much I love you. And I love you so much that if you were the only sinner on this earth, I would have died for you specifically. And I just sense that there's someone in here that needs to have that epiphany today. You need to have that revelation. That God's love is so deep that if it was just you, He would have died for you. If it was just you, He'd st- He would do it all over again. He'd lay your life His life down for a ransom for yours. Holy Spirit, we welcome you into this space today. Holy Spirit, it's not about my words. It's about what you can do in this room. God, for some that are in this room and they doubt your love, your, your simplistic love. Some people here are just doubting maybe the complexity of your love. God, whatever, whatever their view on your love is, God, I just pray that you would just crush their thoughts and you would just reveal your true self to them today. Jesus, have your way. Jesus, have your way. Some of you came into this space and you feel far from God. You feel distant. What I want you to hear is this, is there's nothing that you can do that will make God love you more. At the same time, there's nothing you can do that will make God love you less. Here at Echo, we invite those who are far from God take a step towards God every Sunday. And yet it's a reminder to us as a community that that uh, uh, to remember that love of God and how even though he chose us once, he always chooses us again. So I like go, church, I'm gonna ask that you would stand up and you know the routine. We're simply gonna to surrender to Jesus again today and just admit our fault, admit to our faults. Simply just ask God to forgive us and yet declare what awesome things that God has done for us. And So let's make this our prayer. Jesus, I surrender. I have more questions than answers, but I choose to follow you anyway. I acknowledge that you lived, you died, and you rose again, all with us in mind. I accept the rescue that you offer. Save me and lead me in Jesus' name in his authority. Amen. And Lord, in this next few moments, as the the band prepares to lead us in a song, not by second-hand knowledge, but by firsthand knowledge. Would you just define? You would show us. You'd help us understand the greatness of your love that cannot be contained. And only by your help, God, only by your grace, only by your work, can we truly be maintained within it. Lord, help us stay. Help us stay. Help us keep in your love for our lifetime. In Jesus' name. And everybody said,
4: I
5: earlier said confession is good for the soul and not everybody gets a microphone but I do today so confession is going to be good for my my soul for just a second we uh you know I work in the corporate world and and we had this scenario happen this week it was really interesting and it was I had this moment where I could make the the right decision for myself and the wrong decision for the circumstances and be totally acceptable in the corporate world. Like it was, it was well in line with what was reasonable, but not in line with what was right. And so what I got a chance to do was, fortunately not have to make a decision immediately because I'm pretty sure I would have made the wrong decision. Like I'm pretty sure I would have been selfish. Right in that moment, I would have just owned it. I'd be like, I'm doing this thing. But because it took a few days and there was a few steps to this process, my eyes are kind of open to the experience. I work really hard to try to be respected at work and to try to have integrity and to try to hold myself to a high standard. And I realized that this was, this had an opportunity to really kind of tear that down in a a really simple way. And so fortunately, because of maybe just past wisdom or whatever it was, that little bit of time allowed me to open my eyes to the fact that no, no, I should be doing what's in the best interest of the bigger picture, even though it's a little bit negative for me. And so what I really think is interesting is I would have been justified. I could have done this thing, but it would have been the exact opposite of being God's love in my workplace. And so I just felt this conviction in the moment. I feel this conviction now because I felt like doing the wrong thing from the beginning. But the thing that's cool about it is God kind of worked through it and has helped me be in the right spot and really do the right thing in a big picture way. And it just was a powerful moment. And it was a powerful moment for me. And, and, and so um, I just, thanks for letting me share that. Thanks for letting me get that out there. Here at Echo, we like to do a couple things. One of the things we love to do is we love to celebrate people. Can we celebrate those that are here for the very first time today? Come on, come on. We would also love to celebrate those that said that prayer with us for the very first time. Let's give it up for those people, come on.